0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the King and AI Podcast. My name's Kelly Cates and you'll be listening to my dad, uh, Kenny Dalgleish, on this podcast and getting his thoughts on on football issues about Liverpool but also about other things as well and the reason the podcast has come about is because of our family's charity the Marina Dalglish Appeal which was set up to raise money to help cancer patients and their families so if you'd like to support that that would be fantastic as much as it's about raising awareness it is also about the financial support if possible if you want to donate you can go to anfieldindex.com mda or you can go to the Marina Dalglish Appeal website to find out a little bit more about the charity and the work that they do. It's worth having a read about. It's a really great charity and it's something that's very close to all our hearts. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello, I'm Eddie Gibbs and welcome to the latest episode of the King and AI podcast here on Anfield Index Pro. Firstly, as ever, please take note of Kelly's words of wisdom there at the top of the show, and if you haven't already done so, please make your way over to anfieldindex.com forward slash MDA, where you'll be able to make a donation to the Marina Dalgleish appeal, and the reason Sir Kenny and Paul do this podcast is to try and raise funds and awareness for this wonderful charity, and uh, with Christmas approaching quickly and the festive joy being spread, it's always nice to uh, do what you can for those less fortunate than ourselves. So uh, so please do make your way over to anfieldindex.com forward slash MDA. And we'll have a, another little suggestion or two as the show goes on uh, on how you can help with the charity, both in terms of fundraising and awareness. So so without further delay, uh, allow me once again to introduce the star attractions to this particular show. And first up, it's everyone's favourite night of the realm. And I uh, happened to read in the Scottish press this week that none other than a certain Sir Kenny Dalglish was... Uh, Pulling a pint at the Bonnie Badger pub just down the road from me near Edinburgh, so it was a a fine trip north to the old country, sir Kenny.
2: Oh, it was very nice. A wee trip up north, get my old uh, dietary requirements sorted out: square sausage, black pudding, potato scone, <laughs> iron brew. Uh, so we were up there, and the good thing was I didn't have to drink the lager. I just left it.
1: Oh, really? So you had all the fine stuff and just left the uh, and just left the good stuff.
2: Nah, I'm no I'm not old enough to be drinking lager yet.
1: <laughs>
2: I've got to hold it back a wee bit. But uh it was a, it was Tom Kitchen, the chef who's opened a new place, so he's a big Liverpool fan and I thought it'd be nice to got him. Uh I'm brewing it for be him
3: before he even starts. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. but he's, yeah. it's closed now. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: hey you were just saying you you're saying you didn't drink the beer.
3: Yeah, you, you don't drink beer, but you make up for it with the other stuff. You oh, drink
2: everything ca- else. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. But it was a. Oh, You've
3: uh, right. been in Liverpool,
2: living in Liverpool, have you? Calm where? down. Is that what you are oh, saying I've to I've me? I've that? I've yeah. no no we had your accent. Right. <laughs> but it was a. Uh, it was good. So he's been helpful. We're this charity as well, and he's he does a bit of work with the the club up there called Spartans, So and they do a fantastic job with the community. So it's nice just to go up and show your appreciation.
1: Yes, yeah, so any Liverpool fans are uh, along the A1, uh, if you're heading up towards Edinburgh, pop in there. It's a little place called Galen. It's just a uh, stone's throw from your field uh, Golf Course. So. Uh, the pub is called the Bonnie Badger, so do uh, do do try and pop in there if you get a chance. Uh, How did you say the name of the place? I call it Gullane, but I think you'll have a different I think it's Gullane. Yeah, so you're naturalised. Well, you better
2: spell it out in case somebody's <laughs> listening
1: and wants to visit it. <laughs> it must be. Oh, God, he's now testing me. I think I'm just doing this without notes. I think it's a G-U-L-L-A-N-E. Is that right? Correct. <laughs> it's never somewhere... Never you get, never think. get that
2: many spellings right when you were at school, did you? <laughs> the only
1: time I ever come across that part of the world is when the train gets stuck at Preston Pans for two hours. Over oh, well. <laughs> I thought you
2: said it was near where you live.
1: Well, it's over the other side. I can see it. I can see Bass Rock from uh, from my window if I look further enough across the Firth of Forth. Uh, I can see that side, but it would be about All an hour. Right. It'll be about an hour to drive over the bridge, round past the Edinburgh bypass to. Uh, that part of the world but it's a nice part of the world i'm sure you had a good time uh visiting recently
2: yes and i'm sure he's happy to be that far away for you but you won't <laughs> disturb him and you won't become a regular
1: <laughs> no, a bit too a bit too far for me to be a regular and if you haven't already guessed we're also joined by our man in miami and uh, he'll no doubt be sunning himself on south beach while the rest of us are roasting our chestnuts on an open fire it's mr pulled out how are you? I'm very well. Uh, enjoying the sunshine. It seems a strange question at this time of year to be asking someone. Well, that's it.
3: That's it. It's not a strange question for me because I'm enjoying it. So it's uh, it's very nice. Very nice. It's uh, a bit weird to be honest. Being around Christmas. We were in Canada last year around this time, so there was snow everywhere. And now, now we're on the uh, now we're on the beach. So it's it is weird. It doesn't feel like Christmassy when it's sunny and. You're going to the beach as much as it does when there's snow around. So, but it's nice, nice little change.
1: And uh, Miami FC are uh, not too far away from preseason training, so you'll be starting to do some prep towards that, no doubt.
3: Yep, one hundred percent. We uh, start January fourteenth, so just trying to uh, make the make the final adjustments to the roster. Trying to, we've got tryouts coming up, and we've got uh, in negotiations with a lot of players at the moment. So, just trying to put that that together.
1: And we've got the rare delight of you actually recording a podcast from your office, so I'm feeling really guilty that you're uh, you're not in the house for it.
3: Yeah, not in the house. I'm actually in the office. I'm just looking out the window at this moment in time, and I can see the water. It's very nice.
2: Oh, very pleased for you. <laughs> Draw the blinds.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> he said to, he said to me before we started recording that he hopes it's quite a quick podcast because we're keeping him from his Christmas party. So uh...
3: the Christmas party, yeah, we're going to Top Golf. Remember we went there, Dad? Topgolf. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the yeah. Christmas party is. So uh I'm gonna be there at twelve. It's eleven twenty now. So I'm gonna be late. <laughs> we'll oh, <do> well
1: <laughs> I'm
2: sure they'll wait for you.
3: <laughs> I don't right.
1: think they care. They <laughs> might not notice. Yeah. There we go. You always wait for the
3: manager, so. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's so, the office party. So
1: Oh, I see, so it's all your yeah. administrators. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah five got
2: five people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we last recorded this show just after Liverpool's 4-0 win over Bournemouth and uh, since then we've gone on to pep Napoli for a spot in the next round of the Champions League and then convincingly and delightfully dispatching Manchester United by three goals to one and subsequently going back to the top of the Premier League uh, Kenny, you were at both matches so if you could give us a quick summary of your thoughts on both, please
2: uh, Obviously fantastic to progress uh, through the Champions League, it was a difficult game against Napoli. Where I mean, no one could say that we didn't deserve to go through on the, on the performance that night. But it was a bit tight because we missed a few chances, and then uh, Allison did a fantastic save near the end, which you would have thought would have had a good chance of putting them through. Because I don't think we'd have scored another couple. So overall. Uh, for the Champions League, we were, they we were delighted and deserved uh, runners-up, and, they get the reward today, they play Bayern Munich, the only unfortunate thing about that game, is, uh, for the first match, Van Dijk will be injured, he be suspended, so he won't play, for the home game, but, uh, as I say, it's better to be in the heart, than out of it, and then, at the weekend, yesterday, they, they put on a, a uh, convincing display again against Manchester United and deservedly come out winners. There was maybe a little bit of good fortune with the, the deflection for both uh, Shaqiri's goals but if you have that many shots at goal and that much ball in their box then you're bound to get a fortunate bounce sometime or, or other during the 90 minutes and we were grateful to receive them. So it's uh, it's been a very productive uh, week for the club and for the players and for everybody it was especially pleasing because there was a, there was a few injuries picked up before the, the Manchester United game and the boys that played, played really well uh, Fabino played well in the middle Keita played well Klein came in for his first game of the season and did really well so that's, re- that's really pleasing and positive for the club when people coming in that's not played too often produce a performance and that's hugely important.
1: Yeah, Paul, on that last point that you had made about the squad depth, I think that's one of the things I've kind of read in the wider media that what will sort of separate Man City from us, if you like, is the squad depth and what, what they have available. I think you've said yourself you think it's one of the most... Uh, Incredibly assembled squads in the history of the uh, the English game that Man City have. And that's where I think people thought Liverpool might might fall away a little bit against them in in that comparison. But like your dad said there, bringing in Nathaniel Klein for his first game of the season, or well, first Premier League game of the season, completely out of the cold like that, I thought he did very well. And the squad in the squad, I mean, Sturridge was unused, a few other internationals unused. Uh, Liverpool, Liverpool don't have too poor a squad themselves, do they?
3: No, I think that. That is the case. I don't think there's too much difference between the starting 11s. I think the both team when they put the best players on the pitch. I don't think there's too much difference. I think if you you split the two teams, you'd have uh, probably half and half players from from both teams. I think the, but I think their depth is is better than our depth at this moment in time. So it really is a case of hoping that that the players stay fit and injury free because. My dad will tell you, you know, I've experienced it myself. If you get injuries to key players, it, it doesn't matter what team you've got, you, the results are going to be affected. Uh, and there is some people in in the team that are irreplaceable, I think, when, when you were at Liverpool, dad, the second time. Um, I, I think there was only, there was very few games that you got to play Gerard, Suarez, and I think it was like Andy Carroll, whoever at the same time. I think if one was suspended, one was injured, and then it, it was it's very, very difficult to get consistent results when when you don't have your best players available. And I think even at even at Newcastle that, uh, Shearer gets injured. You finish second the year one year and then Shearer gets injured and then, you know, he he was the best striker that's ever been in the Premier League when when someone like that goes out of the team that they're irreplaceable and and ref, results can be affected. So they do have the advantage that if, if Aguero gets injured or is suspended then they can bring in Jesus. If they don't play uh if they don't play Mahrez, they can play Sanin. If they don't play him they can play Sterling and they've got Silver and they've got De Bruyne and the other Silver and yeah they have got real depth and that's is an advantage that they have
2: over us. Yeah but they've picked up a few injuries as well. David Silva's yeah. injured yeah, Stones wasn't there the other day. Uh, company is quite often injured. Yeah, uh, Aguero's not been playing, and up until the weekend there, Jesus had been struggling a little bit. Yeah, but he got a couple of goals, which will stand him in good stead. But the, the depth of your squad is usually important, mm-hmm. and when when it's not going well, uh, all of a sudden the people that aren't playing become better players. In other people's mind, and yeah. all you've all you've got to do is—it's not the ones that aren't there that are important; it's the ones who are. Yeah. So you've got to try and do your best to get the best out of them. And I mean, you kind of see our results have suffered because we're undefeated. Oh no, brilliant! So, no, we've
3: we've been brilliant, Dad. It, it's and I think that the the one thing I would say is what I've kind of experienced in football is that if there is a positive atmosphere around the around the club, you can get away with bringing an eighth annual climb back in, having not played very much recently, and the level of performance staying at a, a decent level, because there's so much positivity that people go in with a positive mindset, and they go in and and the, the kind of momentum, the goodwill takes the team forward, even if there is changes. And I think that's what we're finding at this moment in time. Uh, and, well, and the other th- I think, I think the, the worst thing that Liverpool ever lost, and I have spoke about it before, a while ago on another podcast, was the fear factor. You know, whereas you're playing against Liverpool, uh, and we've got that now. People are terrified. You, you hear what Mourinho says in the, the press conference after the game and how uh, complimentary he was to Liverpool saying, we're not at that level. Now, he's not saying that we're not at the level of Liverpool when Nathaniel Klein's playing or when we rotate and there's other people missing. It's just Liverpool in general. And we've got that aura about us at the moment that we can plug in a one or two players and rotate and still have that fear factor. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, such a valuable thing to have. It's something that we had when we were at our best and we didn't have it for years and we've got it back now. And it's a really,
2: really good time. The feel-good factor for the players doesn't just come from results. It comes from the positivity of the manager. Yeah. And the Man the City with Guardiola, ourselves with Pep, Tottenham with Potichino, the managers are very positive people. And they're very, they're very supportive of their players and protective of their players. And I think that's reflected on performances on the pitch. So when you have that, you have that togetherness of everybody in the dressing room pulling for each other, you've got a Mm. chance. And I think the game yesterday reflected that. I don't think that that doesn't look a happy camp to me. Obviously, if you're no winning games, Mm. it's not going to be that happy. But we have been against our backs to the wall on a couple of occasions and everybody's dug in deeply. And got a yeah. result, and that's because of the respect that the manager has for the players, and vice versa. You know that it's funny though that
3: it's not just you need a little bit of luck as well. It's not just that. It's not just results. If you also need that little bit of luck, so we we've had that little bit of luck this year in key moments, and it makes you think. Do you know what? This this might be our year. If you go back to Sturridge's goal against Chelsea in the last minute. You, the Everton game where the ball bounces on the crossbar twice. Uh, Mares misses the penalty in the last minute. Two deflections yesterday and we get away with, with uh, Alisson making a mistake. So no one's really going to talk about it because it never had an impact on the, the game. And you can go on about a lot of decisions this season have gone our way. And it's incredible how that happens when you're in a good moment. Those decisions start going for you, and it, it's just as I said. This, we said at the beginning that when we first started doing this, that something feels different about this year. The atmosphere that other people are creating around the club, the atmosphere that's coming from inside the club out,
2: it—it it, something does feel different. It's a great time to be a Liverpool fan, and the real test is going to be when we're. The 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 knocks and bumps and deflections are going against us. That's when you really dig in. That's when you need the camaraderie together. Yeah. In the dressing room, no. When it's when it's going well, and it's going well because there is that great camaraderie and yeah. respect. But when things start to go a wee bit arise when we really need to dig in, and I'm sure you've got people in that dressing room who are capable of doing that. I think James Milner is a perfect example of that. Jordan mm. digs it. There's a lot of them that know what it stands for. To play for Liverpool and knows what it means to be successful, and the others will just feed off it. And that's that. When you've got a dressing room, that's what you need. You need to be strong people in there who are respected by their other players who follow the stronger players' um, uh, habits and yeah. input. And I think that I think the dressing room is. As a really, if you've got a really strong dressing room, you've got a good chance of being successful. But do you not think that even setbacks
3: don't really seem to phase them as much? They, they just seem, OK, something bad happened. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Like even, they reacted in a positive way. They started the game brilliantly and Manchester United, even before they scored, started to get into it a little bit towards the, Liverpool tailed off a little bit the second, last part of the, the first half. The goal goes in you could, you could think they can react in two ways, can't they? Oh, no, the goalkeeper's made a mistake, but they re- they just kept going, Dad kept grinding, but, and
2: they they don't look for excuses; they just keep be- going. That would partly be because they got the goal, yeah, and it was what ten minutes before half time, mm-hmm. and they started to get a wee bit of a lift from that. Then yeah. again at half time, Joggen comes into his own; he lifts them, he lifts the players. And they got in the second half, and they put on a, a positive of performance. I yeah. mean, the second half you struggle to to have a thought when when Manu actually had a shot in target. I think, yeah, just just smothered them, didn't it? So, so just uh, the half, half time came. Half time came at a great time for us. Yeah, to regroup and go out yeah. and produce. And there's you've got Fabinho. You had Keita. who both played very well and came off. They've got Shakira going on. There's three new players. Yeah. That have made a contribution in one of the biggest games that we've had this season. The keeper as well that well, Alex so there's four. Yeah. So inclined first game. So yeah. That that's what it's all about. People who have been are not being involved as often as, as as they would like to be or hope to be, mm-hmm. going in and giving positive performances and obviously you can't include Allison in that because he's a, go- he's a goalkeeper but hmm. the other boys outfield boys they were, they, were, they were really they were really up for it they wanted one to lose and the positivity was, was shining through and I think that was a huge difference between hmm. the attitude of both players our players were really positive, committed worked hard reacted to things and I think Manchester United let themselves down a bit in that department had the
3: uh, on the TV over here, Lee Dixon were, was was he does the, the coverage over here, Lee Dixon, Graham was so uh were talking and Lee Dixon said, We've come to Anfield quite a lot. He said, But this is the loudest that I've heard it. Um, did you feel that way when you're
2: in the stadium? No, no particularly, no. No. The best no. atmosphere I've been at has been when it's night time. Yeah. For me. The Napoli game. I, uh,
3: I heard the noise. I heard the noise when uh, the last minute goal against Everton was pretty special as well.
2: Yeah. And that was going into night time, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, yesterday was, was uh, f- what, here, four o'clock kickoff, which is dark. Yeah. Um, so that's early evening, I suppose. But uh, Paul, I never. I never noticed it. Uh, it,
3: it wasn't yesterday. it wasn't it wasn't uh exceptionally different to
2: what it has been. Maybe he did his volume control <laughs> <up> <laughs> on his headphones. Yeah. I don't Maybe, know, maybe
1: but, he's thinking back but, to his playing days when there was about ten thousand less people in Anfield as well.
2: Yeah, well I don't know, but it certainly uh, the support is brilliant because they've been entertained. They know they're getting they know they're getting what they want to to see for Liverpool players and that's total commitment and you know they're not always going to play well but by the way they're always going to have a go they always try don't they They, they're always they're always putting the team first yeah
3: so an honest it's an honest team to watch isn't it they they, I think if you're a supporter you know you might you can forgive mistakes but you can never really forgive effort when you're because you mean lack of effort
2: you can't forgive lack of effort yeah yeah
3: yeah, that's what I meant. Thanks for correcting me.
2: You're good at that. Uh, well. So, it just, it, do you know the sad thing? Well, it, it just illustrates that I was listening to what you were saying. Well, that's a <laughs> first as well.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, but it is, it's says, and coming up, if you jump forward, although you can look forward to it because the draw is today, but there's a lot of games to concentrate before that. There's nobody in that, that was in that draw we'd be looking forward to playing us over two legs. No. Nobody. No, we're just relentless, aren't we? You don't
3: want to, you know that, look, I don't think we've got, I don't think we've got technically or the most flair players, but I I do think that if, as you said that, if you look at the teams that are in the draw, probably the one that you don't want to play against, the one that can kind of hurt you the most with relentless work rate is Liverpool
2: probably don't want to play them
3: no no but I wouldn't want to why would you correct because at the, at the end of the day the work rate the 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 energy and the effort level that Liverpool have we might not always play well from a purist point of view or, or from a technical standpoint but it, it exposes the relentlessness of Liverpool exposes any weaknesses that you might have or any kind of if, if a
2: team isn't 100% committed to the game then you're going to get found out. Yeah, but also the attitude of the players and the staff, yeah. everybody that's involved, is one of never say die and total commitment. Yeah, yeah. There's no any prima donnas there. There's nobody what, even Jurgen is part and parcel of it, and he's he's got a huge role to play. But he doesn't see himself as any more important than the, any any player. Everybody's yeah. got a role to play, and if well, everybody does that role, to, to the best degree, then, by the way, we're going to be difficult to beat, especially over two legs. Yeah.
1: And let's just uh, talk about the title race in general. I mean, is this this too early? I mean, Kenny, Jürgen's not talking titles at all. Anytime a a media journalist or person asks him about it, he uh, he pretty much deflects. it. I think it's something you yourself used to do as well. You used to say, we'll just uh, count up all the points at the end of the season and see where we are. Uh, Is there a pressure felt internally, though, at this stage, or is it just too early for that?
2: No, there's a pre- I don't think there's pressure, um, when you're at that end of the table. I think your nerves and your, and your anticipation and you kind of allow yourself to get away or don't get ahead of yourself. Just go on with what you have to do. And they've got, we've got what? The next league game is Wolves away. Then you've got Newcastle at home, then Arsenal. And then if the results go the way you hope, and Man City's results go the way they hope, you've almost got a title decider on January the third.
1: Is it is it as blunt as that at this stage though? Is it really I
2: think there's only there's only two teams going to win it. Yeah. And that's Man City or Liverpool. And I, you can't, you can't you. get away from that. I don't
3: think you can win the league now, but you can you can certainly
2: be out of it. I no, no the think there's only well, there's only he, two teams. There's only two teams that aren't out of it at this moment in time, in my opinion. You can't win the league in January, does not finish to me? Yeah. So you can win it as closer towards May, but as you say rightly, you, you can put yourself out of it. Yeah. But a defeat at uh, at Man City doesn't put us out of it either, as long as no. the other results go the way it would be. And I just think the two clubs are are well ahead of what else there is, apart from maybe Tottenham. But Tottenham get caught up a wee bit with the stadium problems and playing at Wembley and maybe a pile-up of matches. But I think Tottenham are a a very, very strong side. And I think Arsenal, uh, I know they lost at Southampton at the weekend, but that was after 20-odd games or something undefeated. So they have improved and they've got... Emery's a really good manager who said Success and winning three European Europa Cups, so he's no he's no daft either, and he's made I think he's made progress at Arsenal this yeah. year. So there are teams that are getting stronger, but and Sarri's done brilliantly at Chelsea. Yeah. But it's between Man City and Liverpool, and there's no way that that anybody can dispute that. No, and I think Dad, to your point, I think
3: I agree all those teams have the that you mentioned spurs arsenal chelsea they have the potential to challenge in the future but they need just like jürgen needed a few transfer windows to get the team on the pitch that reflects the way he wants to play so do they i mean they're so you know especially chelsea and, and arsenal their their managers need a couple of transfer windows to get and and they need to be successful in the transfer window to, to get up to the level
2: of liverpool and Manchester. Yeah. City. yeah, we've had a start. The same yeah. as Manchester City had a start yeah. us. Yeah. But but you're not judged by that. You're not judged by what happens in three or four transfer windows. You're no. judging what happens now. And when you look at Chelsea for last year and you look at Sarri's Chelsea this year, I think you would agree that Chelsea are are better this year than they were last year. Better to watch. And, and for I think sure. you, you would say Arsenal. The same. And I think Podicino's done a fantastic job and he never bought any players.
3: Not
1: one, no.
2: So, City, they they just move onwards and upwards. Uh, and they were quite quiet in the market as well, didn't they? Did they, they only buy one? Maris. Yeah, so there you go. Uh,
1: with 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 the window, when we're coming into a new window or about to at the turn of the year, uh, with. The t- team's chasing the tight. I mean, you've been in this position yourself before. And, and when it comes into transfer window, are you thinking, maybe I need to look in, look to strengthen players? Are you thinking, well, I've got a close camp. I've got a tight-knit group. I just want to keep everyone together. I don't want to set the apple cut. Obviously, there was that example at Newcastle with Fastino Esprit joining when they were so far ahead. Everyone thought that was the final piece in the jigsaw. And then, lo and behold, they finish, uh, they finish distant runners off in the end. I mean, what what are managers thinking around this time of year?
2: Yeah, but that's no doubt, Esprit. Yeah. That's not down to Tino Esprit coming in. He was a great player. That's just coincidence for that. If you're a manager, you look at what you have. It doesn't matter what position you are in the league. You look at what you have and you think, well, we've got a couple of injuries here we could do. We're a bit short in this position. Can we get anybody in? There's no point bringing somebody in if he's not going to be longevity. But let's see if we can bring him in and see what happens. So they assess in whatever position they are in the league to see what they need. And if you don't assess it, then you're not doing your job properly. And you're also assessing who do you think we could let go if somebody come in. So it's, it's a wee bit cruel on the players at times. If you're the manager, you've got to make you've got to make decisions that are going to be helpful, in your opinion, to the club. And and, and no making a decision, you're wrong. You have a decision to make, so don't just sit and, and do nothing. Do what you think is best for your club and whatever. And if you think it's best, not you bring somebody in, then fine. That's that. That suits you. Uh, there's no there's no guarantee unless you sign somebody who's going out a contract and you sign them in the January for to join you in the summer. Unless you do something like that. you spend your money then and but you know you're waiting to the summer you've still made a decision and if you're going to be there in the summer then you'll get the benefit of that or otherwise if it doesn't turn out to be successful everybody's going to be in trouble
1: (laughs) And Paul we've seen these couple of injuries at centre-half, uh, is that, I mean your dad's saying you're always thinking about longevity with these things, is that an area you could see Jürgen thinking to himself, I might need to do something there with only two centre-halves just now, or are the injuries short-term enough not to be too concerned?
3: So here's,
1: here's my thoughts on that I think in a normal season
3: they're short-term enough to to say let's, let's just get through these next few weeks but the way this season is now, this is the best chance we've ever had of winning the league in the last however many years. And we're in a position where we can do that. And I think that they won't be, they won't be irresponsible in January. But if there's a centre-back, say, for instance, Bali, the guy that's uh, uh, Napoli, he was brilliant at Anfield, and he was brilliant in, in Napoli as well. Say, say, for instance, he becomes available somehow. And they look at it and they go, Do you know what? There is a chance to improve that area of the pitch. And a byproduct is it makes us stronger for these next few weeks. Then I think they would look at it only because I don't, I think that though it's not just players being away for a period of time, it's key moments in the season. And there's some big, big games. In, in that moment as well and obviously with Van Dijk being suspended as well for the first game in the Champions League
2: that might be one area where they might look at and say if there's someone that improves us maybe we'll look at it Yeah but it's not somebody that's going to step in and play one game No They're it has, to be, it it has somebody, to be someone better It's somebody it's yeah. somebody like you've mentioned there if, yeah. if they thought if they thought there was a centre-back and that was that was going to improve them after this season but Yeah, next season, then fine, then you go and get them. But if it's somebody that you're just bringing in, then buy somebody on loan or just fall in a wee bit and keep your money and use it to get the person that you really think is there. And the other thing, if you're a player, unless you're really top drawer, why would you come to Liverpool to sit on the bench and no play?
3: You mean if, if you are top drawer, you wouldn't do that?
2: No, well, yeah, yeah. if you're
3: top draw, you're going to go
2: in. Yeah. But if you're no top draw and you get in because you has got a couple of injuries, you go, well, well, wait a minute, where am I going to be next summer? So I'm going to, have up to summer, I'm going to be okay. I'll play a few games. Then after that, they're going to get top draw in. I'm going to be down to pecking order and I'm looking to move on again. The, do you know, just to, to go sideways, you made a comment and it,
3: it stuck out to me where you said that, don't waste your money. Wait for the right players that you want. I think Liverpool deserve a lot of credit for the way they've gone about the business recently, Dad. And I think Jürgen, Jürgen was like, there was so much pressure on Jürgen to sign a centre-back when Van Dijk never went through the first time. And he went, no.
2: That's the only going, one.
3: That's the only one I want. But to be fair, he had the confidence to do that and say, I'll get I'll get by with what I've got now. I'm going to save my money so that when, when he becomes available, I'm gonna spend whatever it takes to get him, and it was this. But so for me, that I think Liverpool, what they've done is they've waited and they've just gone, they've just gone big, they've just gone big on what they needed, and they've got the person that
2: they want, and they've not wasted any money replacing the same with the same. But Paul, they had, they could go as, as big as they wanted because they got 145 million for Coutinho. Yeah. Right. So. Having to pay over the top for Van Dyke, it wasn't a great problem for for them, was it? it
3: and when it, you think it was only it, over the, the top at the time, though, wasn't it? It's not over the top now. They wouldn't no, sell because, for that price now.
2: No, because everybody else has labbed up the price of players. That's it, yeah. But also, the the owners deserve great credit because they have always been fantastically supportive yeah. financially in the yeah. transfer market. And that's Jürgen says, "I want him." And they get him. Yeah. He's decisive. The club are supportive. And so far so good. It's turning out really he's, well.
3: He's, he's confident. With... He's confident as well, isn't he, Dad? Because he's like, oh wait, I don't care what the he doesn't really get affected by the outside influence of we need
2: to sign a centre back. We need to sign a centre back. We need to sign a centre back.
3: He never got affected by it. He goes down. No, po-
2: go. Polly boat too, right? Yeah. He bought Matup. Yeah. Clavin. For very little. Right? And he bought Clavin for very little. Yeah. So he he, he might just have been filling up the squad. Yeah. And they two are, pro, are probably better than what, what was there at the time. Yeah. Now Clavin's moved on. Matip's been getting a few more games recently. Uh, with Joe Gomez getting pushed to full back. Now, now Matup's injured. But he has filled in. We players and no going stupid with the prices. Yeah. Yeah. But when, when there has been someone who he thinks he is the one he's the one that's going to take us forward, he can help us. He's gone and he's done it. Manny yeah. even with Manny, he tried to sign Manny uh when he was at Dortmund, I think. Yeah. So he had him in his mind when when he came to Liverpool. That if he was available or if he needed he could go and get him. And he did it right away. In the summer, the, the summer that he signed them, it yeah. really early doors in the summer. So he knows what he wants, and he knows what he wants. The people trust what he wants, and they'll give him the financial support as well. Yeah. And it, they also sell quite well. If you go back through some of the, the moves it has gone through, yeah. they've sold well. Yeah. So 100%. And and the, the better they do in the competitions, is Champions League final last year financially it was rewarding for the club Dad do so you know they, I, and, I read they're somewhere there's no end to making profit there's are end getting success do you know I read do you know I read
3: somewhere that the save that Alisson made against Napoli was worth 11 million in UEFA prize money alone and I know you've got the I know you've got the uh, you know you've, we've still got to score the goal and there's a lot of other things that happen in the game but at that moment it's incredible to put a financial figure on how much that made in UEFA prize money and and forget the added the add-ons of that of basically clauses that you hit in sponsorship deals if you get to the the last 16 you get extra money in sponsorship. There'll be, be a lot of add-ons on that, but just purely on UEFA prize money, it was 11 million. And, and to your point, Dad, the, the other thing that you said about um, they're not interested in making a profit, I, I don't think on the, on the daily operations, but FSG have made millions on the increase in value of, of Liverpool, and it, they deserve it because of, of the way they've, they've, they've run the club i yeah. mean the way where they've taken us from it's sometimes hard to 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 think back to where we were when they took over and where we are now, and a few that they deserve the increase in value of 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 the team they deserve've it.
2: it. Everybody, they've improved
3: the stadium oh, they've improved the team it's, and it, they, they've done a fantastic job
2: everything's going up in value in yeah. football since you came in. yeah, but they have made the investment into the club in various yeah. ways yeah the new the new stand yeah. Which is support, brilliant. support from the manager on the pitch, yeah. buying yeah. in players. They've, they've got a new training ground and yeah. development at the moment. So they have been active in everything that you can put in and been very supportive to yeah. everybody to get the thing to be successful. Yeah. And the if, if it has increased, well it's increased because they've spent time, they've spent money. And and but they've done it diligently as well,
3: Dad. They, they, I, I do believe that they, that as I said, I, I think they deserve everything for. For if you look at the club when they took over, and you look at the club now, nobody could
2: argue that it's
3: night and day better than what it was.
2: Yeah, and they deserve every penny they get yeah. back because yeah. they have taken it forward. But then people yeah. that have stood still have moved for have moved upwards in values. Now. Yeah yeah no it's fair that's I mean the fair. prize money and everything else is going up but you talk about the goalkeeper's save being worth I don't know 11 million pounds well, so the save's no important unless uh, we've scored a goal so Salah's yeah, going Salah be worth, yeah yeah that's, that's what
3: I'm true. saying that's what I'm saying or or like a missed chance or a whatever I but mean, I'm
2: just saying at that moment
3: it, it's a cool thing to it, to like to look at how much I, 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 I don't quite don't, like that
2: I, I don't like think that. I don't think it's a cheap thing. I think it it's a cheap thing. I think it just it's no it's not a true reflection. Uh, it's not what, that one incident. Means, no, it,
3: but it's it's amazing the amount of money that you've condensed, is. Boy, you've in
2: doing that, you conveniently forget about the three away defeats we had. But Do you it know comes what I mean? down to So no, you but, could no, say I, just the, you could say the defeat in Red Star Belgrade of cost is what no.
3: yeah 11 million uh, but, well, no, but then, that's yeah. the difference between qualifying and not qualifying my only point
2: is, is that I wouldn't that, have put it down to finance that's, that's just but the whole, the whole. The whole, the the whole glory, uh, Paul the glory is better than the finance and if you get the glory the finance will look after itself and I've said this when I've spoke about it before
3: but what I'm saying is it's, it's interesting people were trying to put a price on because everyone was saying after the game the context that it was put in was, uh, people were saying he's just he's just got back the, the the transfer fee in that one moment, and people was Jurgen Klopp said in his if I if I'd only was this good I'd have paid twice as much she said
1: something like that didn't he Eddie? He did, but I think I think I think it kind of goes into the way uh, you're and That's not realistic. Yeah. We know Klopp wouldn't pay double. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's a no, sound, it's a know, sound bite, it's a conv- soundbite. It's a convenient exactly. way of packaging it up for, uh, exactly. for for the man on the street to kind of is. ingest. It it is, baby, I thought was... you I thought you'd fallen asleep. I thought you'd <laughs> left it. Well, I thought we were going to get a disagreement there for the first time in a couple of shows. So I was just kind of letting it simmer. Oh, I was, you were waiting. Then. <laughs> I was waiting to come in like a good boxing referee and send you back to your corners, but I never. Uh, it was never required. So let's let's look at. Uh, hey, I'm in a different. I'm in I'm in a
3: lighter weight division than him. We'd never fight each other. <laughs> we would need to find a catchweight. Uh, you've seen the size. He has to put his belt on with a boomerang.
2: Yes, it uh, just shows you Paul's vanity. Just shows you his vanity. Yeah.
3: I'm back playing five aside.
1: I'm back playing five aside. I played yeah, twice are. last week. I'm I noticed on the, he kept on the... he kept his leather gloves on at Anfield yesterday. His hands must have feeling been feeling. A bit By the way, cool. right. and Indeed. I'll tell
2: you something else. I had a jacket on, right? And you put it's got a wee battery in it. You charge up, and in the pocket you plug it in, and you can press a button, and it heats the jacket up. And you're sitting there roasted. That's right. That's that's brilliant. That's isn't
3: it? back. That's back to the future stuff. That right there. You uh, mean? by the way. Well, uh, technology, it's amazing, isn't it? I oh. remember when you used that, Yeah,
0: you well, like you that. Ch-
3: you can
2: charge up batteries for your phone, can't you? What so if it rains and you get? Button? What if happens it if it rains and you get electrocuted? You're in a bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Good by the way, Edith. let me tell you, if you at least if you go on fire, you'll not be cold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good job that main stand roof was uh, giving you some shelter. Hey,
2: by it? the way, Eddie, just a
3: little sideways shift again. Do you know, I was at the Canberra, it was a few years ago, and you know when the tight football jerseys came out, you know, when they all started becoming tighter and they were fitted.
1: Oh, so just after so, you retired, Paul,
3: well, you know, I'd, I'd retire, I was, wasn't long after retired. I think it was the kids' first Christmas. My dad got us all Liverpool shirts, and I tell you, it wasn't the prettiest sight in the world. Me back then, when I'm a little bit heavier, with the tight-fitted Liverpool shirt, that brought a lot of amusement to your dad, didn't it?
2: it Look yeah. like Santa Claus with the red shirt on and the belly sticking out. And it's taken you a long while for that mercy to sink in.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm alright now I'm alright
2: well, right now but, yeah. we went to we went to, we had a golf event for Medina's charity to celebrate the 40 years since we won the European Cup at, at Wembley and I had the 1980s I had the strip that, we, that I wore that night and the guy said I bet you it doesn't fit me I said how much will you put into the charity he said, the amount. I said, OK, took my shirt off, put the strip on. Perfect.
3: <laughs> no chance. Where's the punchline? No chance. Where's the punch anyway, like. no let,
2: chance. let me tell you. It, it must have been me. stretchy. It was stretchy. Yeah, but and that's was all right. Few, there was a few bulges in places that shouldn't have been there. <laughs> I've kept myself in fantastic condition.
1: Ed. <laughs> no, head. that I take it you didn't put the shorts on me. Oh, no, hey, listen, I've got, know. I've got a question
2: for you. You know, like the. I don't think.
3: No, for me,
2: no. No,
3: for me, no. You know, he's he's got his teeth done. Jurgen's got his teeth done. I, when is there anything in the future for you to get your nashes done? <laughs> You're, yeah I, mean,
2: I, mean, that, I might yeah. get you that for Christmas no that colour <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, talk about Bayern Munich briefly and obviously your dad uh, alluded to earlier the draw was made today an exciting draw in general I think uh I think uh, there's a couple of tasty ties there, as always is the way. I mean, it's a way off yet. It's not. We'll talk about it again nearer the time, no doubt. But what were your feelings, Kenny, on uh, Bayern Munich being drawn uh, out that hat today? Uh, An exciting one, I think, for uh, for fans. But uh, probably one of the one of the more sort of of brilliant away trip, if you like. One of the ones that the fans can really get their teeth into uh, once European football comes back round.
2: No, I mean we we're we're Bayern uh, the stadium the the city, it is really a, a great attraction for the people to get there. They're a fantastic historical club, uh, a fantastically run football club with a load of former players in and around the place. Uh, you fishing chairman. for a job? Are you fishing no, for a job? No, oh, no, no, just... no, no, no. spracking the de <laughs> <laughs> um, But, they wouldn't be happy getting us in the draw. And for the For a couple of reasons. Mostly about our ability and the threat that we are to them. But also any information that a manager needs, Jürgen can get it. He played against him often enough. He knows what the the, the manager will be thinking. He knows most of, if not all of the players. So we've got a fantastic positive there. Um, That we got a German club and one that Jürgen knows so well. They're a fantastic football club but I don't see them. I don't see them stopping us and making progress. I think a
3: couple of years ago you'd have been much more intimidated by the draw, but now I think they're intimidated by us in this draw. They're not. They're not in great form at this moment in time. They seem to be going through a no. little bit of transition. They seem a little bit older. Um, but as I said, you know, the, the one thing is you don't want to predict too much or get too carried away because. As you said earlier, there's a transfer window between now and that game, so you never know. Like uh, you never know what we are, and you never know what they're going to look like. You, it, it's something that you need to think about and 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 discuss a little bit closer to the time. But it, it is quite a romantic tie, isn't it? Jurgen going back to Germany, and,
2: and uh, I think there'll be a lot of interest <laughs> in that. And if I know the disappointment a bit. Virgil being suspended, but it's for the home game. Mm. So, I mean, I know Lewandowski's a, a fantastic player, but surely we should really handle that leaving, leaving like going on to the game without without him being present. Virgil, I know he's been fantastic for this show, and he's a great presence as well. So, I mean, it's. Obviously, we're a better team with them than we are without them, but then that's what they get a squad of players for. But for someone to come in.
3: It's fine because we decided earlier we were signing Koulibaly anyway, so we're all right.
1: <laughs> oh, no, we never. We just mentioned him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember, how the, remember how the media liked to twist words. Let's be careful with that one. <laughs> <laughs> the, we, uh... we, never, ever, we never even mentioned
2: him. We <laughs> only mentioned saying he was a great player. Yeah, and he played broadly two games, so.
1: Well, talking oh, but... about great players and talking about Bayern Munich, obviously, uh, everyone will be drudging the history books now that this this tie's come out. And uh, I, I did the same, obviously, knowing that I was going to be doing this show today to see. I always do this to see where a certain Sir Kenny Dalglish features in the past. And there was an incident, wasn't there? 1980-81, European Cup semi-final. Liverpool nil, Bayern Munich nil at Anfield. And then a one-all draw over in Munich. Uh, there was a, a bit of confidence in the air from a certain Paul Breitner who dismissed the Reds' uh trip to Munich basically saying that there was stuff in the programme uh, telling their supporters how to get to Paris for the final and uh, at the uh, Olympia Stadium, Liverpool were hit by an injury and uh, lost a certain Kenny Dalgleish after six minutes to an ankle injury and uh, I'll let you take the story from there Kenny, uh, a certain Howard Gale came on and had a bit of a game
2: Their team, team get better after the six minutes I came off by, oh, there was a wee guy I can't remember his name it was one of the wee small wingers that could catch pigeons. It was playing against us, and I, I went to push one up the line, and he came in late, straight over the top, and done my ankle. Uh, and we were we were wound up a wee bit anyway before the game because they'd put leaflets. It was uh, they on the on their seats to get the the, the supporters' directions to <laughs> Paris for the final. So that, that wound us up a wee bit, but he didn't need any more incentive. But he, I got taken off and Howard came on, Howard Gale, and he was brilliant. Uh, and he had to be substituted because the guy resorted to kicking him. And Howard was looking to retaliate, but I think Bob took him off quite near the end. But no, because he was playing badly, because he wanted to finish with 11 men on the pitch. And Ray Kennedy scored a goal for us about five minutes for the end, and they equalised. Uh, like obviously, within it, like about two minutes to go or something they equalised, but we were through. So uh, it was worthwhile, and it was, as I say, they were they were a wee bit, they uh, a wee bit over the top with what they were saying and how they thought the thing had finished and it, was, it had been won. They were overconfident. And it just wound you up a little bit further. You don't need an incentive to play in the European Cup semi-final, second leg, but we get a great result.
1: And that was, uh, that was us, off and running, gone and to you, Paris. And you made it back just in time for the final.
2: Yeah, did I? Yeah. I was it for a bit. Well, oh. I was it for a few weeks anyway. It was a ligament damage in my ankle, but uh, I got dog's abuse because the guy was the smallest guy in the pitch <laughs> and the, the lightest guy in the pitch, probably. But by the way, it didn't seem too lightweight to me when he put his weight
1: right behind that tackle. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, uh, I think that kind of sums up where we are. We do have a couple of very brief uh, listeners' questions which tie in with uh, with some of the things we've been speaking about today. And there is a German feel to it. Obviously, uh, if Kenny does make his way over to the uh, Bayern Munich leg, and I'm sure it'll probably happen, you may bump into uh, a certain Franz Beckenbauer. And uh, Trev Downey's asked if uh, if Beckenbauer said anything of interest to you when he presented you with your 100th Scotland cap.
2: You say Congratulations. no he did he presented it he gave me my cap on the pitch at Hamden when we played Romania Uh, and he was he was always very pleasant when when if you had a conversation or you met him and he was really pleasant and there actually he had a a game of football at uh, Bayern Munich for his 50th birthday I think and I went over and played in that. I was invited over by him to play in that game as well. So he's a decent fella, and I think he's—I don't know if he's so, any longer involved at by Munich, is he?
1: I'm not sure, to be honest. I think he was—he had a—I think he's an honorary life president, so I'm sure he'll have some uh, sort of role. But I don't know if he's got I, a day-to-day role or such. I
2: think he—I yeah,
1: think he actually lives in Austria,
2: which is just across the border. But oh, was it? Uh, you-
3: Geography teacher? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so the, if you the, take uh, the Autobahn. Right. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, do you know the best bit about Do you know that there's hundred cap? So they, uh they do you remember that they let me, they said, oh, Paul can come on the bench during the game. Do you remember that? No. So I was allowed to go down on the bench. <laughs> I let him experience it. Well, I took it a bit literally, didn't I? because that's all I experienced in my playing career was sitting
1: on the bench. <laughs> 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 a taster of things to come. Uh, this is this is a question to you both. This one's from Jay Reed, and he's basically asking how Christmas and the fixture congestion, if you like, around that time of year, affects you when, when basically living and working within football. Obviously, it's a massive time, but I take it sort of, Kenny, for you, I mean, you've played and managed at the highest level around Christmas. Your Christmases must have been uh, very different to uh, to a regular person's Christmas. Uh, ha- I mean, you'd be training, playing. You, you wouldn't see the family too much, I would imagine, around Christmas.
2: No, but we always try to get together. I remember when we were at uh, Newcastle, Paul was at Bury, Uh and Kelly came up for Christmas, and Lindsay and... Lindsay was there, Lauren was there, and Paul finished training on uh, Christmas Eve, drove up to, to Newcastle, uh, had my Christmas dinner, or opened his presents Christmas morning anyway, and then drove back for training. at Burry it was a game I, think. I think it was yeah. a game. Was it a game? I think game? Yeah, yeah. So we tried our best to get together as often as we could, but it is different. But then. That that that's your profession, isn't it? You just got to get on there. And I can, Paul will tell you, there's no way his mother would let like the children to suffer at Christmas. No, they <laughs> they didn't miss it. Much at Christmas, M- Mrs. Claus. Aye, and yeah. not it was always the same, wasn't it? Heinz yeah. tomato soup. Yeah, Croutons in it though, and cream to make it posh yeah. for Christmas. Are. Yeah. Or bits of we told you it was croutons, it was just crisp. Really. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thought it was stale bread, I didn't even know what croutons were. And so, then the salmon, I, you, you liked the smoked salmon, didn't you? Yeah. And then the turkey, and no one had pudding, did we? No one liked Christmas pudding apart
2: from my mother. No, and no, no, it was brilliant. We always go together, and it's it is difficult, and it's a fantastic time of the year for families. Yeah. Um, but. If that's your job, you have to do it, and you always try to arrange your training. And to be to be fair, Christmas morning, I think the players quite enjoyed coming in for training. So they didn't have, have to build bread about the house. <laughs> I <I'm> got <going laughs> about the house for a wee while. because you come out Dad, the houses. Dad. The houses are carny, didn't they, in the morning? Mm-hmm. Dad, can you Dad can you build
3: this? Dad, can you build this? Dad, oh. we need batteries. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what do you know what
2: the batteries are the words? You never buy enough batteries. No. And the other like, thing was Big Hansen lived around the corner, and didn't have a clue. I used to get a Christmas Eve. Uh, can you pop round? And I'm hopeless by the way. So it tells you how bad he was. Can you put, <laughs> try to put scorectrics up for Adam. <laughs> or build a train set. Jesus not- Christ.
3: Do you know which one I remember? Do you remember when I was playing at Livingston and we played Celtic on Boxing Day, and we delayed Christmas until Boxing Day? The game finished, and I drove down, and we had Christmas. We 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 actually had Christmas a couple of days later or a day later. Ah, uh, because you you didn't want to miss out
2: on your presents. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but we we'd sometimes do things like that, wouldn't you? You you would that. You'd maybe do something on the night before, or you would do
2: something the day after. If, if, uh, and we always, we always uh, try to video what was yeah. happening on the day, and it's brilliant when you look back. Remember back that big nero plane you had, Paul? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a big nero plane. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, some of the choice of pajamas was
3: brilliant. <laughs> That's
2: your mother. Yeah,
3: some of the, because my mum would buy my, the day before Christmas. My mum would buy Santa, obviously came a little bit early and left pyjamas and uh every one of us had a new pair of pyjamas my dad included my dad and I those always have the same and then the girls of those have the same but we had new pyjamas the night before every Christmas And
2: by the way your mother your mother ate the mince pie and Rudolph's carrot as well
1: and yeah there you go. <laughs> who,
2: who
1: had the whiskey oh, no there was no whiskey it. the
2: whiskey he never drank it.
1: no
3: he didn't
2: drink did he it's
3: <laughs> no whiskey anyway
1: <laughs> The uh, talking about Paul's presence that's a final question we have here and this is from someone who listens religiously to this show every time it comes out and he says he really loves a go-between between uh, Paul and Kenny and it's like that they've agreed so much lately but he wants to know what Kenny's getting Paul for Christmas or whether it's shrouded in complete secrecy
2: by the
3: way, he gets
1: me nothing.
2: The no, same as he
3: gets me every year, nothing. My mum not when he buys it. That's the only person that buys presents. Yeah, he wouldn't she, even know how to go to a shop and buy something.
2: She and by the
3: way, she's
2: not told me what you're getting, Paul.
3: Have you ever bought me a Christmas present? Gone to a shop and bought me a Christmas present? There's a question. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh. There's only one person that you've ever bought presents for, and that's my mother. Every other present has been bought by my mother. Correct. And you would, and she wouldn't have it any other way. Can you imagine you tried to buy no. a present? You'd ruin it, and then you'd ruin it on purpose so you didn't have to do
2: it. Remember what your mummy did one year? She Which, sat down the bottom of the stairs and yeah. she said, I know where all your presents are, Yeah, but I'm not telling you. Yeah,
3: yeah. She was, Jesus. I think, we... I think we went out with had a few drinks, didn't we? <laughs> Mom, where are the presents? I'm not telling you. She decided <laughs> that she wasn't going to tell us. And as we were finding presents in June. All right.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Just a couple of things to finish off then. Uh, we have a raffle running in conjunction with this podcast and it's for, to raise money for the Marina Dalglish appeal. Obviously Christmas, as I said at the outset of the show, a great time to try and raise awareness and any funds that we can for that charity. And, uh, try and uh take advantage of people's generosity obviously at this time of year which is what we would uh we would love you to give your generosity to the marina dalglish appeal so this this raffle that i mentioned it's a 50 50 raffle so there's a, there's some prize money for the winning tickets three winning tickets we're hoping to raise a prize pot of around two thousand pound and also to raise about two thousand pound for the marina dalglish appeal at the same time it's been going really well there's been loads of interest and uh we'd encourage you to head over to anfieldindex.com forward slash christmas hyphen raffle. There'll be a live draw taking place on the 23rd of December via video. Check our Facebook page for uh, for that draw. So no, no shenanigans. It'll be drawn uh, fr- from all the numbers chucked into an iPad generator, and we'll draw them out uh, at random from there. So uh, please do go over and, and get involved in that if you can. A 50-50 raffle that we're running to raise funds for the Marina Dalglish appeal. As a reminder, the King and AI podcast is available first exclusively to AI pro subscribers and goes out on public release, uh, just a couple of days later. If you'd like to take a test drive of AI pro and the, uh, 30 or so podcasts that come out every month, then please sign up over at anfieldindex.com forward slash join. Uh, I'll leave you in a few moments with a couple of words from Kelly Cates, who will be talking to you about Amazon and the smile campaign, another way of raising funds for the Marina Dalglish appeal. But I have to close off and, uh, thank my guests as ever, uh, First of all, uh, Mr. Paul Dalglish will uh, will let you head off to your uh, works Christmas party. I thought you'd never stop talking. Oh well, are you still there? Who, <laughs> Paul? <laughs> I'm off.
3: I'm already. I've got. I've got the eggnog. I'm already
1: drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks once again to uh, the wonderful, the legend that is uh, Sir Kenny Dalgleish. Thank you, Kenny.
2: Ed and I would just like to say thanks to everybody that that gets involved and. In, Uh, Showing their appreciation there. And uh, believe me, believe you me, there won't be one penny that doesn't go where you think it should go. And that's the people that it can help. So we're not doing it for money, we're doing it because we enjoy the the crack and the conversation. But uh, your support uh, is very, very appreciated. uh, And it's because you're people who give support to the charity that has been fantastically successful. So thanks very much. Have a great Christmas. And don't give us the money if it means your kids are going to suffer. You get, get them a bag of sweets before you give us anything. So all the best. Good luck. Have a great Christmas.
1: Here, Wonderful words, Sarah. Until next time, we'll leave you with Kelly. Thank you.
0: Thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. There is one more thing that you could do, but it doesn't really require any effort. If you use Amazon, if you go to smile.amazon.co.uk, there's an option to select a charity. If you select the Marina Dal appeal Peel, then every time you make a purchase at Amazon, they will make a donation to the charity. All you have to do is use smile.amazon.co.uk as your website, To buy things from Amazon, it should, in theory, be quite straightforward. Thanks very much again. Sports Social Podcast Network.